You're listening to WRIR LP 97.3 FM, Richmond Independent Radio, and this is RVA Report, WRIR's weekly current affairs talk show where community thought and political leaders gather to weigh in on the headlines, their significance, and where they might take us tomorrow. But first, the news. For Richmond Public Media, I'm Brittany Tracy, and here's the news. Preservation Agency Scenic Virginia honored the Route 5 Corridor Coalition with the Scenic Tourism Award last Friday at the state capitol. A small section of the Route 5 Corridor had been slated for redevelopment from two to four lanes under a Virginia Department of Transportation initiative, but local organizations, including the Partnership for Smarter Growth, the Historic Richmond Foundation, the Alliance for the Chesapeake Bay, and many others, banded together to form the Corridor Coalition and subsequently advocate for the preservation of the highway's scenic and historic integrity. The group was instrumental in swaying public and official sentiment, and the Richmond Regional Planning District Commission rejected VDOT's lane expansion proposal. While researching to prevent the plan, the Corridor Coalition inventoried the assets found along the 50-mile highway, which stretches west from Richmond to Williamsburg. Leighton Powell, Executive Director of Scenic Virginia. We have started the list of assets along the road, and it's just ridiculously long. Many of the plantations in the area, Berkeley and Sherwood Forest and Westover, the woods where Pocahontas laid as a girl, Civil War sites, revolutionary sites, archaeological sites, cultural history, Battle of the New Market Heights, which was an African-American battle, Malvern Hill. Scenic Virginia became the statewide coordinator of the National Scenic Byways Program in 2003 and, for example, ensured that the Blue Ridge Parkway didn't just appear on national tourism maps for North Carolina, but continued, as it does, northward into Virginia. Powell's organization achieved the National Scenic Byway designation for several Virginia highways in 2005. Based on their inventory of Route 5's landmarks, they are developing the corridor management plan needed to apply for byway status. The designation would offer Route 5 prestige, national marketing, outreach, and potentially grant funding. The Vision Award was offered to the Corridor Coalition and their proposed National Scenic Byways Corridor Management Plan in the category of scenic tourism as part of Scenic Virginia's annual honorees ceremony. This is the first time that Scenic Virginia has given a Vision Award, which recognizes perspective rather than completed work, because they hope to raise awareness about the, quote, variety and depth of the resources along this corridor, and the efforts to develop its agricultural potential and tourist incentives now, both to involve the public and to encourage sound development. Powell said, quote, when people don't know about something, care cannot be taken. There is a sensitive way, you know, environmentally, historically sensitive way to treat assets, and letting people know that they're there is one of the first ways that you can you know, make sure that they get some protection. I mean, I'm concerned that if you just have this widespread development, or you know, they were talking about four-laning this road, that's when the assets are destroyed. So just saying to people, this is a very historic, very important, very significant slice of Virginia's historic, cultural, scenic, recreational history. I think once people know what's there, they, and they feel proud about it, they take ownership in it, and then they want to preserve it. The National Scenic Byways designation would also make it easier for tourists and environmental organizations to travel along the route and for Williamsburg or Richmond residents to plan a day trip. And so what we'll be doing is trying to make sure that everything is inventoried. And the plan is to build a website that you could use to kind of create your own tour. 
So if you are interested in history, you could log into this website and it would create an itinerary for you. If you are interested in birding, if you wanted to use the river. I think that, that all of the tourism organizations along the corridor recognize that this is a great way to pull in more people. Powell said that the public awareness and the national designation would help ensure that growth along the corridor remains sensible, sustainable, and focused on enhancing the scenic attraction and preserving the historical and environmental vitality of Route 5. Scenic Virginia recognized the Corridor Coalition with great optimism that a renewed appreciation of Route 5 could enrich many people's experience of Virginia. I think the potential is limitless, said Powell. City Council voted Monday night to raise rates and reduce runtime for residents who use GRTC's caravan service. Glenna Craig works both a full and part-time job to support herself, all while being confined to a wheelchair. She urged City Council, since the proposal was brought up, to take her input into account. So I rely on care for everything, to go to the grocery store or whatever, because I don't have anyone else to rely on but myself. GRTC's cuts on the caravan service calls for a 50-cent increase for the basic caravan assistance required by the Americans with Disabilities Act. The increase will be from $2.50 to $3 for a one-way fare. For the extended care service, a new one-way $6 fee would be put into effect as well as limited hours to the outside counties. In addition to the fare increase, Craig, who lives in Richmond but travels frequently to Henrico County, is worried because the new 6 a.m. to 8 p.m. hours could greatly limit her independence. So a lot of us go to Henrico to go shopping, to go to the movies, to go out to eat. The Greater Richmond Transit Company totaled more than $44 million for its last fiscal year, which ended in June. But less money came from the mayor and city council for the new 2013 fiscal year budget leaving GRTC with a $700,000 budget gap. It's also important to note that the caravan service accounts for 16% of GRTC's budget, but serves only 2% of its ridership, according to the Times-Dispatch. Council members Reva Trammell of the 8th District, Cynthia Newbel of the 7th District, and Ellen Robertson of the 6th District all voted against the fare increase measures. Caravan users can now also ride fixed bus routes for free. But for caravan users like Glenna Craig? You know... So we just want to be able to go to work and function like everybody else that can drive a car or ride the regular bus. The new changes will go into effect January 5th of 2014. For Richmond Public Media, I'm Cameron Vigliano. The Silent Music Revival provides free and public screenings of classic silent films at Gallery 5, while local musicians improvise the soundtrack. On Sunday, October 20th at 8 p.m. sharp, Silent Music Revival presents The Unknown, a macabre masterwork from 1927 about a criminal on the lam who finds refuge with a circus company. Live scoring will be provided by the Classical Revolution RVA Ensemble. Gallery 5 is located at 200 West Marshall. For more information, visit silentmusicrevival.blogspot.com. Someone thinks our mayor is a pretty special guy, and that someone happens to buy their ink in barrels. On Tuesday, the New York Times took time out from its coverage of New York mayoral candidate Bill de Blasio's latest to lavish its praises on Richmond's own Dwight C. Jones, who, unbeknownst to most locals, apparently has all but found a cure for poverty. The article details Jones' well-known anti-poverty agenda, 
unstated in the article, and overlooked by most detractors and cheerleaders even. But critical to that plan is Jones' unique use of Grand Vision development projects as a remedy to what ails us. Some detractors question what, if anything, Jones has accomplished in his first four years. But look around us, and it's pretty clear to see. Dove Court, once a dangerous housing project, is transformed. The Washington Redskins spent a dozen weeks here performing for us, and they're coming back. Bon Secours, one of Richmond's major hospital providers, renewed its commitment to putting its own redevelopment muscle behind Jones' vision. And Jones built four new schools, the first in more than a decade. To say the New York Times piece fawns over our mayor is something of an understatement. But it begs us, the readers, to scoot to the edge of our seat wondering what magical announcement is next. So what is next? I'm with Paul Goldman. He's a former advisor to Senator and former Governor Mark Warner, as well as to former Governor Doug Wilder, and he's former chairman of the Democratic Party of Virginia. And I'm also with Tyrone Green. He's a frequent commentator on city issues, chair of the Ambulance Authority Board in Richmond, and he ran for city council way back in the day. I'm also with Charlie Dirador, my co-producer on the show and a city businessman and former city council candidate, and he tends to talk a lot about city politics as well. So here we are, guys. Thank you for being with me today. Good evening. Good, Good evening. Good evening. <laughs> All right. Today, talking about uh, this very exciting piece that the mayor got written up on him uh, in uh, the New York Times today, published today, right? I guess it, it was published early, late last night. Is that right? Something right after was, midnight, this piece making, came out. It was making the rounds last night already. Yes, it was. And uh, this is talking mostly about poverty, but really kind of a wide-ranging story. The most interesting part of it is Dwight, to me, this is pretty interesting, says that uh, he is um, a man who's familiar with power, I think is the way he put it. Is that right? Grew up around power and, and knows how to wield it. Um, really, really interesting piece, talking about uh, this this very innovative uh, sounding program that apparently has already taken hold here in the city. Um, and guys, what do you think? We're, we're about halfway to curing poverty. It sounded like from the New York times piece, who wants to take that ball? Paul. Paul? <laughs> well, it, I'm, I'm still trying to figure out what they were talking about because I don't think any of it is really, um, even been agreed to by the commission that's supposed to have be promulgating it. I mean, in terms of the Dove Court project, you know, that's that's a separate project. It may, you know, kind of fit in. But it was a little surprising to to read the piece. Usually you wait until something's actually not just agreed upon, but but at least implemented to some extent. And what I read out of the, the major things from the commission's point of view, none of that is in existence as of yet. None of it's actually been agreed to. None of it's been funded by the city council. Um, so I was a little puzzled as to why it came out the, in October. Now, we've seen some projects moving forward, right? Things like Dove Court. Yeah, but that, that's not out of the, but that's not the Poverty Commission initiative. 
that's something that was started before. And in reading the Facebook and some of the other um, things that you were directed to from the New York Times article, most of it seemed to be some, you know, what we call in politics a Fourth of July speech, and that's nice. But in terms of the specifics of the proposals, it, it struck me as a little odd, and and it didn't mention education, where you're already spending a lot of money, and, and it just seemed to say, well, we know the school system's not going to work, so we have to go back and teach everybody who's graduated a skill, instead of basically saying, well, should they have a skill when they get out of high school? Like, wouldn't that really be a lot smarter strategy? So I'm, I'm not sure where the times was coming from. Catch them afterwards. So, uh, Tyrone, you wrote a piece back in 2010 uh, that was, in fact, about this. And in some ways, it seems to have predated uh, the mayor's task force on poverty. Um, maybe was something of an inspiration for it. Can you talk a little bit about your piece back then? And then what do you think of, of what you read today? Well, back in 2010, I wrote a piece about poverty, and I would like to think that started the whole impetus behind the development of the uh, Commission on Poverty. Uh, because when you look at uh, when I wrote the piece, September 20, uh, 20, uh, 2010. Got big play in the free press. Big play in the free press, and um, I, I'm going back looking at it now, and you could see that some of the these recommendations I made, they, they seem to be trying to act on. Um, I, too, a little interested in a piece um, that uh, was generated today in the uh, New York Times because typically you want to see some ABCs and Ds in, in terms of what's been done, what's being done, and um, just trying to understand, I guess, why would the New York Times report about something in Richmond are you seeing anything on there that's being done? I mean, you as an observer of the city and, and certainly somebody who's been very active in city politics, forgot to mention that you also were the uh, president of the Crusade for Voters for a fair period of time as well. Well, you got to remember, this administration keeps things very close to the vest. And so there could be things that are in play that they we just haven't seen, we don't know about. So uh, as I once described uh how the man moves he's more like a cruise ship as opposed to a speedboat and and he, he seems to be taking his time and but he and, all of a sudden will like throw out a floor show though right that's kind of what we see is you all of a sudden see the redskins will pop up maybe there's a redskins are gonna jump in to well, a deal like this right and all my in defense to what is potentially going on we don't know what else is coming? And that's what's always interesting about this mayor, because behind whatever he's doing, there's always something to back up what he's doing. So it wouldn't surprise me if we saw something come out of the New York Times uh, article uh, where it's uh, substantive. Charlie, you, you were about the first person on Facebook to post this thing. I mean. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm up late looking at geeky stuff like this. Um, and... Uh, I, I found it, the article itself, to be enlightening. Um, although I know the mayor um, and know him to be the cruise ship that, that you speak of, um, I also know that he is pretty good Paul. Um, 
he knows how to pick his shots, mm-hmm. as they say in boxing. He knows he knows when to when to when to jab and and then when to load up the right. And um, obviously, loading up the right was was the Redskins' deal. And I'm wondering, first of all, uh, being a old school politician myself, long time in in, in in Democratic politics, how did they get this piece done? Anybody? The New York Times how doesn't get, just show the same up. Question. New York Times doesn't just show up and say, we'd like to do a piece on you. You're the mayor of Richmond, Virginia. So I agree with you, Mr. Green, in the fact that I think something is coming, and I think something's coming in the next two weeks. Um, although we've said that the baseball that the baseball stadium proposal, six months ago we said it was coming in it's two weeks any, on this any show. Any so now. Any it's, it's coming now. It's, he's pulling trigger. Um, We're excellent but, predictors of this But show. I think in this instance, you don't – you you don't not if you will take advantage of a New York Times profile like this by not putting something on the table fairly quickly. It this article is a launching pad for something. Um, and Paul, I think even you would agree that the cruise ship is about to turn. Paul, you're our you're our, our magic crystal ball in here. Let's... Well, you certainly could postulate that if you're going to propose a a baseball stadium that might be controversial, certainly among the African-American community, that having a innovative, we're going to cure poverty commission out there as somehow, you know, sort of a grab bag of um, take or to leave it all or nothing is not it's not necessarily a bad strategy. Um, I don't think – I'm going to say one thing just to sort of tee up what you're after. Don't you think with three years left, he's got to do something big or the legacy piece is gone? This is really his last shot, now, right? You know, I mean, Paul, does, Paul does he run? Talking. Does he run? Does he run for office again? I don't think so, unless he thinks he's going to run for governor. And I, I don't, I don't think that he's going to do that at his age. What I'm getting after is, is this his opportunity to launch both both a baseball stadium initiative and come out with his poverty plan? based on the findings of the commission. Is it so far fetched that maybe he he might be launching something? another run for for something or is being looked at for maybe a cabinet post or something uh, somewhere i'm sure he you know has certain ambitions he could have run this time i wrote that he could have won this time and been the governor it was a very good piece he he could Mm -hmm. have beaten terry in the primary and cuccinelli's turns out to be uh unelectable so uh you could say those things i like that he says that cuccinelli's unelectable so matter of fact and and uh, but it's been my experience that you know people have various ways of looking at things. We try to interpret a lot of try to interpret, and I, I think that um, uh, I would say this. I I think that uh, Tyrone's piece had to have some effect because, as Yogi Berra said, some things are too coincidental to be a coincidence. Well, and you know I should mention too, as I recall, and I could be wrong here. Please refresh my memory, Tyrone. When you wrote that piece, that was the period where the mayor and Ray Boone, the publisher and owner of the Free Press, were somewhat feuding, 
if I remember right. Well, they've always been they've feuding. Always been. Yeah. But that, was a, that was a high point in that 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 feud period, and and there was something of a of a coming together, an agreement that was sort of struck. Okay, maybe we we need to work together a little bit on something here. Your piece came out, and not too long on the on the heels of that, there was this poverty commission. Yeah, and, but that you got to remember, the poverty commission came out of Dr. Graham's office, Dr. Carolyn Graham. The deputy CEO for Human Services. Who so she was charged. Departed, Carolyn Graham. Yeah, but but she was charged <laughs> with. You got to remember the poverty commission, the the bike trails. Uh, you know, in the, Richmond the, politics, I might warn you. You don't use usually lead up to she was charged with. No. <laughs> <laughs> so I, 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 I might lay that out there for okay. you. Turo knows that. <laughs> yeah. So she was responsible for. There you go. And 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 you know if Nearly you really charged. look at a lot of the things that are coming to play a lot of the things that she had her signature touch on. She was not here necessarily to follow up on, but uh, she laid the uh, groundwork and did the foundational uh, piece to, to get it to where it is because uh, the, the Blue Mayor's Blue Ribbon Commission on Health, the uh, Poverty Commission, the uh, bike uh, uh Piece. These were all, these were all under her. Was sustainability was, under her office yes. as well? Yep. Yeah, I think yeah. it was. A lot of yeah. the uh, gardening programs yeah, that have started to flourish in the sustainability city. meetings. And and and, and, you, and you can believe that she and the mayor, as well as uh, the CAO, Mr. Marshall, collectively strategized to pull all of these things together. Um, it, we we got to remember most folks tend to play checkers. And I think what Not we're chess. watching is someone who's a chess player. Hmm. And, and, and I think the mayor and others are, are, are good masters of the game of chess. The, th- the thing is, when you look at it, and it could very well be that he is thinking about legacy, but I look at it this way. He was chairman of the school board in the 1980s. And he just admitted this year that maybe his policies for the last 28 years didn't work. He was, by his own admission, uh, he talks about being a power player, but he wasn't really a power player at all in the General Assembly. He was known for doing almost nothing. Um, the um, Some of the people who are leading the Poverty Commission, and I'll mention some names, have been in public affairs for a long period of time and nobody knows what they've done because they haven't done anything. So what you do have are a lot of proposals and you have to look at the ones that um, try to look at it. You know, a baseball stadium downtown, um, it's a nice idea. You could probably make a, you know, uh, you can make a a financial argument for it. You can make a financial argument against it. Um, But are you going to be for uh, African-American history or are you going to try to have both? Someone can argue you can't really have both because uh, you have to do you have away. have to have a parking lot somewhere. Yeah, okay, so you've got that. Uh, we're talking about, look at this poverty thing. We're going to have mentors for kids 11 to 15. Now, you could say, well, you could have And this done... is, by the way, just to let folks know, this is what the Times piece okay. talked about. Okay, now you that. could say, well, why didn't you do that last year or the year before? I mean, why did you not know to do this when you got elected mayor? It wasn't like you just moved to Richmond. If that's, you need a commission to tell you to do this. You already have CIS in the schools. You got all these various other things. So what is this? We're going to, you know, we, we, we're going to train people to get jobs. 
Well, that's what the schools are supposed to do to some degree. That's like new. The thing that surprises me is that there's nothing in here that the mayor didn't know when he got elected. There's nothing in here that he didn't know when he was a delegate in the General Assembly. There's almost nothing here he didn't know when he was chairman of the school board. None of these things are new. This isn't a question of, wow, we just discovered, uh, you know, something here or well, a new technology. Paul, let me ask this. Going back to Tyrone's point, he is something of a chess player. And I think we can look at the Redskins deal, the Bon Secours Redskins deal, and see that fairly clearly. He had I mean, some, he, well, he, he had, he, I know he had much he help. He had a lot of help. But there was, there was a lot of, there were a lot of moving parts to that deal, pieces and parts. And, and there and, were a lot of lobbyists. And a lot of lobbyists. working those moving pieces and parts. At the state level as well. Right. Things that happened, but it all came together. Better or worse, there are parts of it that we're still evaluating. Whether you agreed with it or not, the guy, the deal got done. The yeah. deal got done, we're which not, is a not, rarity. You're not talking time. about the deal. Okay, you well, got you got the Redskins down here. To to that point, though, Paul, and this is what I wanted to ask. You're talking about things not getting done, and there's not, and and in a way, when you look at some of what this story talks about, it does look exactly what you're talking. CIS was already in schools; they already were doing mentoring with students. It's sort of assembling pieces, isn't it? I mean, it almost looks like they're building a tent around a lot of things that were happening happening disparately. And, and I'm just uh, take the Redskin trying deal. to. It's a year later. Take the Redskin deal. Okay. What exactly? We got the Redskins here. Nothing. Nothing wrong with they're that. Here. They practice. Maybe a little too hot for them. They may not. They may not renew after eight years. And certainly, they haven't we'll yet. See how the season goes. They haven't yet blamed us for their bad season, but. We'll get blamed eventually. There, are, there so, have been fans who have. Well, so the, <laughs> the question. So, so the, so the question is, what do we actually got out of that? Redskins are here, and that's nice. Okay, nothing wrong with that. They promised to build football. I, mean, I know some of that deal. They hadn't kept their promise on the football fields. They haven't done that. Okay, they have. They really haven't. School done football fields. Okay, um, we could have done something probably better with the West Hampton building. Some of us have proposed things you could have done. Could have gotten that, a lot more money. That's that's not going to be done. The school system really isn't getting the money it was promised. We don't even know. Okay, no surprise there. What exactly do we have except that the Redskins here? We have the debate. The, the <laughs> thing that is happening is we have a healthy exchange of ideas. Folks are going back now analyzing the Redskins, the ballpark, the Poverty Commission, and we're talking about things that are that are intellectually debatable and not necessarily scandalous. I I I think I think sir, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. He makes if you're making point. the argument that it's better to have debate and better to have questions and answer sessions amongst one another in a respectful way than it is to have scandal. I sort of take <laughs> exception with that in the fact, and, and, and respectfully so, but I do take exception with that in the fact that my question is, what is the mayor's goal for the city of Richmond? For the people and what of the sells, city what of Richmond. And what sells papers, too, without scandal. And this is, this, is, this is a very good question for a mayor who has three years left. And I'm not asking you to answer that question, but if you want to take a swing at it, well, I'd appreciate let's, it. I mean, let's, let's read something. I'm not asking here's, him to defend him or anything like that. This is from is, the article. Please. From the article. Yeah, they're banging a little bit too much. We, yeah, can you... 
You want to go let them know? I'm going to go talk to them. Yeah. Okay. Excuse me, gentlemen. Well, they're also installing a new floor. Like I don't know. It's kind of a bad time during recording. Mm. Sorry. A million tons. <laughs> you need one of these. I don't know what it They're is. They're hammering. Okay. Tron, I don't want to put you on the spot, but no, no, no. Do. This was perfect. Let's go back no, right well, in. I'm going to read something. I'm just, I'm just yeah, restate your restate your objection real quick. Okay. If you're positing that it's better to have questions and answers in a respectful way uh, than it is to have. Um, Psychotic Damn. government, which we've had here in, in Richmond for years. Um, that's interesting, but the question I have is we now know that the mayor has basically flown 30,000 feet over the, over the council and has basically said they don't exist. What is the mayor's goal for the city of Richmond? And more specifically, what is the mayor's goal for the people of the city of Richmond? I don't work for the mayor. No, uh, no, no. I'm not so asking I can't, that. You, I you, can't. You, you've said it's it's a better way. Well, it's different. And okay, so here's here's a quote from this article today, okay. and it was, it was very interesting because here we are talking about again conversation happening now, and the piece here it is. This is from uh, Ted L. Howard. He's the executive director of the Democracy Collaborative. I've not heard of them, but evidently they're they're a big deal, um, and. Now we're going to pause because the damn thing just decided to go to a different page. And he says, I've never seen a city embrace this at the highest levels. And he's talking about us as a city having these conversations, I think, is clearly what he's talking about. There's an understanding here that institutions cannot succeed if the neighborhoods are collapsing. So he's saying that what he's seeing here are these conversations. What he's referring to is um, Mayor's statements in regards to uh, this this poverty initiative of his, which I heard him lay out, and I was absolutely enthralled when I heard it. And here was what the mayor said, in essence. He said, how can you have a kid who is successful in life when that kid doesn't have parents who model success, successful behaviors. The only way you can have that, said the mayor, was to have a mixed income neighborhood where that kid from a, an admittedly poor family, a family that does not have good habits as far as working, as far as eating, as far as exercising, as long as that kid is exposed to somebody down the street who does model those behaviors, then that kid has a chance because he's seeing someone else do it. You're looking at me I and smiling. That, I am not a model. I love that. <laughs> I, I, I loved the way that was put, and that made sense to me. And if that's being embraced at the highest levels, this is the first I've heard of it. Tyrone? Paul? What? You know, the, let's assume that's your goal, and and there's no and let let's assume that's your goal. Okay, where are you going to be able to do it, and how are you going to be able to do it? The first place is going to be the schools. That's where you'll be able to get the most people. That's where you intersect with. That's the most where you're going to get the most people. Okay, sure. because 
you can't build a mixed neighborhood, just not a, a couple of them, all right? So the question is, that doesn't seem to be a focus. It doesn't seem to be a focus at all in terms of the last three or four years for the mayor. Look, the mayor only got interested in the schools during the election year, and he attacked the school board. He attacked the school board. He sent in his, his um, because they wanted more money, he sent in his education reformers, who are now gone. Okay. They never proposed anything to here, make here it. Here you're talking about, again, the education task That's gone. Force. That's gone. That other education task force was supposed to have all this stuff. They proposed ways to make things cheaper, proposed ways where some of them could get big contracts from the city, but they never right but they never propose any way how we're going to make it better anyone can propose how to make something cheaper just give it less money but that doesn't necessarily make it better okay what what exactly in the last 5 years or before that is being proposed to do what charlie said Okay, because you can make a lot of argument. For example, the mayor says we need more charter schools, we need more laboratory schools. Could be a good idea, but there's also an argument that says if you take the best students out of the public schools and you send them to to like the governor's school, great for those kids. But the the data suggests that that actually guts the public schools because you're taking all the examples out. So is, is so he for that? Or is he not? All I've heard. What we is, have now are a lot of questions. What's what? What is he going to do? How is he going to and, do it? And, What's and, going on? Maybe that's on? good. Maybe that's the way you play politics. But I'm just judging on five years. What I do see is this: the mayor finally admits that he was wrong, and some of us were right for changing the form of government, because the the only way you can get any of this stuff done is you have a strong mayor to do it. He's referring, uh, Tyrone has a look on his face like, now wait a minute here. I guess this was uh, Dwight Jones and, uh, um, well, I guess there was a contingency of, of uh, people who oh, were against the, the movie. Dwight Jones, the Henry Marsh, everybody Henry Marsh, was against Senator it. Marsh. And now they, but now they, but what are they embracing? We have the most expensive city hall in the state, money which could go to help the kids. It's not going there. All right? It's just not going there. We... We now find out that, that, that we have to give people job skills in order to get out of poverty, according to the mayor. That can't just be a revelation. But we're not trying to improve the schools and able to do it. Where's our tech center? Where's the things that you might, you might want to do? Well, now we have to mentor. Well, now we discover, well, wait a minute. We already have CIS, which if you read their website, they say they have contact with 14,000 kids. That's 24,000 in the schools. Are we not building that up? Are we just, what exactly are we doing there? What you do have is Dove Court, which is in Ellen Robinson's district, I believe. It is. A good ally of the mayor who's also on this poverty commission. Now, real and, quick, just for the listener, Dove Court was, uh, has been bulldozed, and already there's quite a lot of development there. There's uh, dozens of houses that have been put up. Very nice-looking homes at that. Uh, this is uh, the plan. And I think some of it is, in fact, detailed here in this story. Right. Is essentially to move it to um, moving the same people back in, allowing them the option to purchase those homes eventually, also making them available for purchase by people who are not low income, um, who are are not in such challenged situations, and providing a place that is then mixed income, hopefully naturally mixed income, 
um, with a centerpiece being a school. They're planning on building a, a new, new they are building a new, new version of Overby Shepherd. The anchor would be the school. Well, and the and, anchor and would the, be the and school. That's, it's a good idea. No one's against that. This but, is the idea that I was speaking but, of earlier. But if you're talking about that being your idea, yes, then it's a very it's a very high profile, great looking plan, but it's going to touch barely the surface. You have twenty four thousand kids in this school, in, in, in uh, roughly in, in the in the situation. Okay, half the kids that graduate from the Richmond public schools don't take the SAT. Why don't they take the SAT? Because they have no chance of getting into college, and they know it. The half that do, now that we've actually gotten some real statistics, have an average score of less than four hundred. Five hundred is really college ready. Under four hundred. I mean, you get 200 for just signing the thing, okay? These kids are being graduated. They're being pushed through. The mayor talks about the high graduation rate, all these things. But all the statistics say you're just graduating hundreds and thousands of kids over the last few years. Now, a couple of housing projects, a couple of mixed development things It's nice. Make some developers some money, no problem, this is America. But anybody that tells me that that's anything more than just a feel-good policy is just, you know, that's all it is. And I'm not, Maybe that's the best we can do, but let's not pretend that somehow we have some new magic potion. While I agree with the idea of a more holistic approach, Paul, and I don't pretend to st- sit here tonight and be a defender of this mayor in all things, but don't you think at least creating a couple of models to see if they'll become successful and spread is a good idea? Well, I've just said anything you can do is fine. These these kinds of projects have been done all around the country. It's not like everyone's wait, waiting for Richmond to find out. What I'm suggesting is if you're going to, if you want to be known as the person that is going to try to solve this situation, if you want to be known, but you have to take the measures. You have to be willing to take the measures that will deal with the problem. What are the measures? First of all, you've got to accept the fact that unless you can improve the schools, unless you're willing to make that your top job and willing to do whatever it takes, you're going to graduate continuously. The very people that he says, well... What I'm going to do now is we're going to try to train them for a job to get them out of poverty. There's no way to get out of poverty without a job. But if you graduate high school with no skill, and that's accepted in the city of Richmond, and then you're going to then say, well, but no, don't worry about it. We're going to send you to a training center. And what exact jobs do you think they're going to be trained for? You have let them go. They're 18, 19 years old. You haven't let them use their... You haven't forced people and said, look, we're going to make you do certain things, you, all of a sudden at 20, 21, you think people are just going to change their behavior? That doesn't happen to the best athletes in the world. So here's an interesting stat from the story. 25% of the jobs in Richmond pay less than $11.72 an hour, which is the level that economists say is needed to lift a family of four out of poverty. So again, now we. Maybe, if you think eleven dollars and seventy-two cents an hour a, is going to raise a cho- a family out of poverty, um, 
I got some tough land number, in, in the Shaco Bottom. Yeah. I want to build that's a baseball stadium. That's about $22,000 I don't know who these economists are. I don't know who these economists are, but that's what they seem to think can work. I mean, maybe some of them live on that. That's what an economist makes, eleven seventy-two an hour. <laughs> so, But this is what they're saying. Um, and, again, we don't have those jobs here in Richmond. We are talking about creating... Um, those are service. Those are basically your service, service and your early entry jobs. Well, if you don't have a good high school education and you don't have a skill, I mean, the but thing, now we're talking here. This is what this is outlining: a plan or a proposal to, get to come people, up with okay. ways to train people. The, the, the fact of the matter is, is what will happen is a lot of people are going to say, which is what happens now. Well, if I'm going to make twenty thousand dollars having to work forty hours a week, I can probably twenty thousand dollars a year. I can probably pretty come close to that with other programs. The fact of the matter is that what is not being faced and what that poverty commission doesn't get into what the mayor doesn't get into is very simply this society needs less and less of these kids black and white and we haven't even seen the robots who are going to take over a lot of jobs get here we haven't seen that number two more and more of our resources are going to health care it doesn't matter how many new laws you pass because people are living longer, you can keep them alive longer, and most of the money is spent in that in that situation. You got the most expensive city hall in the state, and you're going to tell me that you that well, that that it's okay to have an innovative poverty program, which we may not have a lot of money for, but it's fine at the same time to start employing a lot of people who are the friends of various people because they got political connections. My suspicion, looking at the history, is this. There'll be some changes. There'll be some good things. That's great. But this is mostly show and tell. It's a good 4th of July thing. Looks good in a campaign. I've run a few of them. But it's not going to make a major dent like I think we have to do. Mr. Green, how, how do you approach the holistic how would you holistically, and I'm not asking you to run for mayor tonight here. What I'm asking you is, you're a smart guy, okay? I just met you, but you're a very smart guy, very thoughtful guy. How would you approach the problems of Richmond? Would you do it differently than the mayor? Uh, in the, the last paragraph of the piece reads something to the effect of, or I can quote from it, he says, it's like rolling a snowball. We'll pick up momentum as the ball goes down the hill this is the it mayor. didn't happen overnight it's not going to change overnight that's the mayor's quote okay how do you see rather than ask you the question about how you would do it how do you think the mayor has done thus far in rolling that snowball well i think the mayor has done an admirable job because he's sitting in the position and there are obviously things that he's seeing and he's aware of that that we don't see we don't know so i can't be critical of him because i'm we're not we're not at the table uh putting out the various uh brush fires uh what what i am seeing him do is address issues and it's, it's and once again it's creating a lot of discussion it's creating a lot of dialogue thousands of people will see that New York Times article and to be placed in New York Times when you're coming out of Richmond and such to deal with something that that appears to be positive is a start. 
Now you 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 you've got to continue uh, uh, in in that rolling process, in ro- rolling in that snowball. But things are going to be very slow because, like I said, there there are a host of things that the city and issues have to deal with. But with and, three years to go, how do you not? Get on a pretty steep incline or decline for this in this in this instance, and push that snowball pretty damn fast to get the things done that you need to get done. Not for politics' sake. Well, you know, it's like that for the sake of the people. The at the end of the day, it's just like the uh, Redskins Stadium. I used to work across the street from that uh, facility, mm-hmm. and when they talked about it, because this is Richmond. We said that it will never happen because Richmond just doesn't move that fast. And then as I saw them level on the ground, and then you saw this building coming up, you know, this phoenix rising, then all of a sudden, within a short period of time, it was done. Now, regardless of whether you like it, you don't like it, it's over there. They were here. It's done. It's created a lot of buzz, a lot of uh, discussion among the Various Redskins fans and the Dallas fans and and people turning out, uh, uh, and that's what he's doing. I mean, he's he's slowly moving the needle. Now, three years is a long time to 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 get things done. He could ideally, and that's why you got to be careful with with him because he he's 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 this. He's as smart as I think Goldman is in that. Uh, wow! Uh, you, 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 I'm you, no, you've got you've, you because because you don't know what he's going to do. It's the most I controversial mean, thing said on this show today. Don't Ever. think about it. Think Ever. about it. <laughs> you know, we we're I'll sitting here. That as a compliment. We're sitting here waiting for him <laughs> to roll out a baseball stadium, and I suspect that something is coming. I don't know what it is, but I suspect something is coming, just like he did with the uh, 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 Redskins, just like they're going to potentially do with the Diamond and and other things. We, we've just got to wait and see. I think the problem, the real problem is he is, if you really watch and observe the mayor, the mayor is an introverted person. He's a he very is. private person. We've, we've he, made that point before. Paul and I have talked about that. Here's a politician who is not an affable guy, naturally. He's guarded. Yes. He, but he's interesting. I, I'm a member of his church, and when he's behind a pulpit, he's, he is very dynamic. He's on fire. But then when he steps off that, off that, uh, um, off that um, stage... He is very guarded, mm-hmm. and 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 I've watched that with 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 Derek. They they they, they both are like that. That's because they're guarded. Doesn't mean that they don't have something to share. They will just share it in their own time. And we've just got to wait. I think what we uh, want is we want to know what the plan is. We we, we constantly want to know what the plan is, and we're anxious or folks get anxious because he's not telling. He's not necessarily telling what the plan is. I think he's I think, telling on his own time, I think, and I, he's dangling. I, I agree with you <laughs> that he's not telling right on his own time. I also agree with. I would also add that I don't think the numbers are there yet. I don't think they've got all the numbers in a row. I, I did this thing four years ago against what Mr. Kreckman and Mr. Bostic were were proposing, and at that time the budget on it didn't work. And I'm I'm. No, so I'm here fairly you're talking, sure. I'm Charlie, fairly you're talking sure. here just about the baseball stadium. I'm talking about the whole project. I just don't see. I mean, again, 
okay, Ms. Ms. Jamura's analytics in 2000, let me get the year correct, I believe it was 2008, said that Shaco Bottom, the plan that they had proposed, that Shaco Bottom could only handle 65,000 square feet of retail hotel office and, and any other kind of space. Okay. And this is, again, Shimura Analytics, which tends to tell you what you want to hear a lot right. of times, right? And, and then they came out in 09 with, here's 200,000 um, 200, square feet. And she said you know, there was no way that, not in response to their, their proposal, but previous to their proposal, she had posited that there was only the 65,000 square foot absorption rate, if you will. And so I'm assuming, which is a bad thing to do, right, in politics or in, in life, but I'm assuming that Mayor and his staff and his consigliere's, if you will, are probably trying to make these numbers work and can't make them work. We'll see what happens. Um, and I'm sure they're going to make something come of it because... I, I think I think at one point or another we're going to find out that there's some serious corporate push on this deal to make it work because the mayor's been good to the corporate community. That point was made in the New York Times piece. And yet, did you notice, Chris, that Altria distanced themselves in the piece to I, a certain degree? Is it, well, I did we're, notice big, that. We're, we're big supporters of Richmond, but we're not. I, I actually highlighted the quote. It says, uh, spokesman for the area's biggest company, Altria, parent of Philip Morris, nation's largest tobacco company, said that while Altria was, quote, involved in many initiatives in the Richmond community, it had, quote, no direct, or excuse me, no direct involvement in the poverty initiative. So it does sort of pull itself back from commenting on this issue. But it seems, I mean, it, correct me if I'm wrong, anything like this, which is so pegged to almost everything that the mayor is doing is development, 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 Dove Court. Um, you know, he's talking about North Jackson Ward Gilpin. He's talking about uh, maybe finishing what was started in Blackwell. Um, he's talking about schools to some extent rebuilding or, or renovating schools. He's talking about the boulevard. All these are big development issues. They take some sort of business involvement right there's money that has to come from corporate there has to come from developers so clearly he's he's got to be working with these people i i almost uh, part of the reason why i highlighted this quote was because it seemed so unlikely it was out of place wasn't it it was out of place yeah, yeah i agree with you it doesn't quite make any sense why i even have that in there and i think you're right the mayor's talking about how he understands power and and that's going to involve money in this country if he's talking about that and so um, I, I think you're absolutely right about that. But what I get from it is that the mayor doesn't have a lot of confidence in education. So As being a great equalizer, which kind of surprises me, because, it, it, because knowing politics and knowing the way politicians address things, in a city like Richmond, Oldest schools in the state, average built 1955. And mayor some of went 100 to, this year. Ma ma mayor went to school in Philadelphia. The average school is 75 years, literally falling apart. The mayor, being an educated man himself, with a with a with a 
degree, his son. Um, the mayor interested in building, uh, he built a school, uh, you know, building some schools. Um, built four, five? Okay, four. well, he took that plan for someone else. The point is, he does that a lot. The question is, again, I do not get the sense that the mayor feels in order to have a first-tier city, you need a first-tier education Turn system. On. You agree? I think that the mayor is probably letting the school board do its job and, and as it relates to addressing education. That's why he was uh, su- supportive in getting the current members elected and i think until you go through that whole now search of a new superintendent and bringing in somebody to see what direction they're going to take the school system in it's a little too too premature to say uh, uh you know what what he's his commitment is to education well, I, 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 just, I think everybody has a i think everybody generally has a strong commitment uh to education uh simply the fact that he's an educated person himself uh, you know, again, you're obviously a very smart man, but I've got to tell you, I take exception again with this idea that everyone has a strong commitment to education. If we had a strong commitment to education in this city, I think, and I'm not just throwing bombs in the room, believe me, okay? Oh, oh, actually, but, I would I would posture that they postulate that the school board has provided the scandal that you're talking about this. Well, go ahead. I mean, no, take it from there. <laughs> no, I mean, you go on. But, I mean, it's it, we have seen plenty of— We have terrible of... numbers in this city. If we're serious about fixing education in this city, why aren't we doing something about fixing education in this city? Why aren't we—why isn't—why wasn't there some bold initiative aside from bringing in um, some lobbyists, some corporate guys last, two years ago? Mm-hmm. Um to say this is what we would do, and the Gang of 26 basically had a say finally, right? Where is that bold initiative? Where is our Cory Booker? Where is our Cory Booker that says, this is what I want to do. I'm leading. Follow me. This is how we're going to fix this. Of course, I don't know if that's actually what Cory actually did. Well, I know, but okay, a la (laughs) Cory Booker, a strong... It's because we're it's still so, playing chess, and, and and we're still moving pawns, and those pawns, oh, I've got to say this, are the kids in Richmond City schools? Yeah, but uh, Charlie, the it, it, you know the the thing is this: the mayor has passion for certain things. He's been in for five years. He was head of the school board in nineteen eighties. He's been in the legislature. To so he's not some. Some 25-year-old person just elected trying to figure out, well, gee, what am I going to do when I'm in public office? He's been in public office, one form or another, for 30 years. Okay? If he had a passionate commitment to education, you could be the school board chair in twenty in 1980s and just last year decide, well, you know, maybe it's mediocre. And then after getting the results of what, the, the uh, SOL test a few months ago, him and, rough. Uh, him and the Jeff Bourne say, well, gee, you know, maybe we weren't doing stuff right now. We need a radical plan. Wait a minute. You can't both say that and say as they do, well, the problem with the school system is we have a lot of poor kids and it's not fair. And, then he, and, and to judge him, and then he comes out with a poverty plan in the New York Times. He lists all the things he wants to do. And education doesn't, not only isn't it in there, 
part of the plan is, well, I'm going to educate people who are graduated without skills because I've known that for 28 years, but I'm finally going to do what? It, it is not adding up for me. All right. So we need to wrap this up because we're close to the end of our hour. So I'm going to ask the final question. I guess probably the best question to ask, unfortunately, is the same question we keep asking, which is predict it. When is it happening? When are we going to see this big thing? When does the thing that this New York Times piece seemed to be portending happen? When does it drop? The mayor has always surprised me with his initiatives. And if he's talking about it and there's something behind smoke, there's always fire. And, and, and when we're going to see that fire, is, is it in a wall? Is it in a ceiling? I don't know where it is, but we see the smoke, so there's some fire. I don't think he's going to get out there and uh, unless unless he's pretty confident. And then, you know, the other part of this, you know, the citizens of the city of Richmond got to take responsibility. Now, you talk about education and you talk about the school board. Look at some of what we have gotten on the school board and it's councils. You, you, you it's know, an interesting, in, in, interesting in, in, in the past. Well, you, right. you know, and, and so you can't blame the mayor for folks that don't understand certain things. He got them elected. All right. So the let me answer show, your well, question. This New York Times piece means that it's coming soon. The floor That's show comes soon. Okay. Paul? I, I think it's connected to the election of the next governor. I'm quite certain it's going to be uh, Terry McAuliffe. Mm. And I'm quite certain that there are things that uh, are going to be put in the budget and, and there are various things going on that way. So I expect it to start happening, um, you know, uh, as the politics, uh, as the smoke clears. And um, But if you don't have a full-on fix, uh, fix the education uh, system, and I, I got actually an article coming out soon with 10, 10 ways to fix the school board, then all this stuff is sounds good, and I, I'm not against any of it. Um, progress is progress. But to say that you got a poverty commission that have a dent in poverty, that's selling wolf tickets, in my opinion. All right, so we've got It's Coming Soon from Tyrone. We've got It's Going to Drop Very Soon from Charlie. Mm -hmm. And we've got It's Definitely Going to Be an Early Christmas Gift and Not a Boxing Day Present from Paul. All right, guys, thank you again for being here. This is our VA report for the week. And uh, Paul Goldman, in my, uh, he's a former advisor to Mark Warner, Governor Mark Warner, and former uh, Governor Mar uh, Doug Wilder, former Virginia Democratic Party chairman, and also with Tyrone Green, joining us for the first time, hopefully not the last. He's a frequent commentator on city issues for many years, chair of the Ambulance Authority of the city, and he also ran for city council way back in the way back, and also formerly with the Crusade for Voters. Charlie Dierdor, co-producer on the show, city businessman, and former city council candidate. Thank you guys for being here today. Thank you. Thank you very much, Chris. Thank you. And that's RVA Report for Thursday, October 17th, 2013. Thanks for listening. I'm Chris Dovey. RVA Report is co-produced by myself, Charlie Dirador, and Brittany Tracy. The Richmond Public Media News Team is Brittany Tracy, Cameron Vigliano, and Anafrio Castilla. News keeps happening, which means there will be plenty more to talk about next week right here on RVA Report. Join us. <laughs>